0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by the Psychy Truth Yoga Plus app. Uh, this app is perfect for anybody looking to kind of enhance their practice or just find a great way to be consistent with your practice at home or wherever you want to do your yoga practice. There's hundreds of videos numerous 30-day series, 14-day series, all perfectly geared towards you helping you achieve whatever goal you have in mind, whether that's weight loss, personal development, or flexibility, really just whatever you're looking for. So definitely go check out the Yoga Plus app. We are also brought to you today by the uh, Serene Team, which is Psyche Truth's new uh, website and application that is all geared towards helping you relax Helping you reach serenity and really just getting away from the stressors of life. So they have hundreds of videos and different tools on there to help you do that. So make sure you check that out as well. On the show today is Katie Epps of My Body GX. Uh, she talks all about how her business uses genetic testing to optimize nutrition and fitness for her clients. So it was a very, interesting, very interesting podcast. I think you guys are going to enjoy it a lot. Um, so yeah, enjoy the show. Uh, One more thing before we go, please, if you can, and if you haven't already, try and leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast on. Leave us a review so we know what we're doing good, what we can do better on, uh, and it really helps us a lot. So please, go ahead and leave us a review. All right, guys, enjoy the show.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Tanisha Wards with Infinity Wellness Center, and I'll be your guest host today on the Wellness Plus podcast. Joining me today is Coach Katie Epps from MyBodyGX, founder and health coach, and her focus is helping people achieve whatever their health goal is, whether it's weight loss, fitness goals, performance enhancement, using genetics to figure out how to eat, what they should eat, how to exercise, when and how and, and what exercises they should do. So thank you, Katie, for coming and visiting us today from your busy, busy day with two little boys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I've been really looking forward to this. So, Great, great. So how did you get into this? So back um, in college, um, I have a degree in chemistry. So back in college, um, I was really interested in fitness and nutrition and I explored it on the side of personal training. Well, as I got older and things started progressing um, through you know, different avenues, whether it be um, our access to DNA testing, whether it be our access even to like, scientific data and true research on how to train our bodies and all of that, um, I started looking more at it at, from a scientific standpoint. Well, I was a corporate health coach a few years ago and I met up with a company that did um, genetic testing on a corporate level. And I loved the idea of utilizing this information to help people on a personal level. And so I spoke with that lab, and um, they allow me to utilize um, their lab in order to analyze our genetic reports. And so I took that information and was able to then give it to basically everyone so that, you know, if you are trying to lose weight or you're trying to become better at your sport or you want to have a healthier aging body, whatever it is that's important to you, we could then utilize your genetic testing in order to give you that best possible life. And when I learned
1: of you, because we have um, patients and clients in common, I was like, yes, that is speaking my language. I think that genetic testing really is the future of
2: medicine. I completely agree. I think it's one of the most underutilized new technologies that we have. And I think it's, they're calling it precision
1: medicine even because no two people are alike. And so exactly. no two, and, and I know you'll agree with this, and I want to ask your opinion a bit more on it. No two people have the same meal plan or fitness plan that's going to work for them. And I've seen that in practice, right? Somebody might do keto and they feel awful. Mm-hmm. Or somebody might go vegetarian and they feel awful. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, tell us what you've learned in looking at people's genetics and how sometimes they're
2: just doing the wrong foods or the wrong diets. Sure. So um, most of us look at nutrition from a globo standpoint. So, like, oh, all of my friends are doing keto. I'm going to try keto too. I'm in with a group of friends that are vegan. I'll probably try that lifestyle. Or we've read about it. We've read about the health benefits. Mm -hmm. Somebody stands up and says, hey, I've had a really great experience with this lifestyle. And so we go and try it too. Well, depending on your genetics, that may or may not be a good option for you. So we look at three things. Um, Your protein utilization, your fat utilization, and your carbohydrate utilization. How does your body take those macronutrients, which are those things that make up the majority of the energy from our food, And how we ingest them and how does your body then break it up and use it for energy, use it for um, potential weight loss or burning body fat? How does it use it for healing and anti-inflammatory? So as we're analyzing that information and I can look at it and say, okay – you have an enhanced utilization of protein. Now, if you're currently a vegan or vegetarian, that doesn't mean that you need to eat start eating animal proteins. But we really need to analyze what you're putting into your body to make sure you're getting enough proteins. What I have found with many vegans and vegetarians is they um, are heavier on the sides of fats, mm-hmm. and so which is a great energy source. But... It doesn't necessarily maybe fit their nutrition for what their body likes. Like maybe they have a low utilization of fat, an enhanced utilization of protein. Well, how do we make sure that we're getting the right plant proteins and the right fats into you to balance that out? And similar with keto, like if you do not have an enhanced ability to utilize keto or to use fat, Mm. keto would be a terrible plan for you. Right. It's like I have a low utilization of fat but I have an enhanced utilization of carbohydrates. So I do much better on, by enhanced carbohydrates, I do not mean you get to eat all of the cookies and all of the bread.
1: Um, but
2: you get. Yeah, let's clarify <laughs>
1: carbohydrates here. So we're
2: talking, you know, our vegetables, we're yep. talking about legumes, we're talking about. Sweet potatoes. Those, those tubulars, so your sweet potatoes, your squashes, your red potatoes, um, even your healthy grains like your quinoas, couscous, amaranth, oats, things like that. Uh huh. So <laughs> the whole foods. So, those, the coo- so
1: you're not putting people on a cookie. You know, cookie pizza diet now. <laughs> based on their genetics. Oh my Darn.
2: gosh. Oh my gosh. Do you know how like rich I would be if I could be like, for you, you should eat all the pizza. For you, all of the pod thai. For you, spaghetti and meatballs. You're welcome. <laughs>
1: yeah. I wish it was like that. Right. I don't think anybody's genetics call for that kind of carbohydrate intake. Right. Unfortunately, no. Yeah. We're just we're just not made that way yeah. no matter how you shake it out, right? Yep,
2: exactly. <laughs> but in knowing that, you can really analyze um, what you're ingesting and then kind of determine do you want to be an omnivore? Like do mm-hmm. you want to eat different animal proteins or do you want to go more pescatarian? Do you have um, a lot of inflammation in your body and maybe that would be something that would help reduce it? And if right. so, how much of these foods should you be eating in order to – live your healthiest life? Should you have more, slightly more carbohydrates, slightly less protein and maybe a moderate amount of fat? What does that really look like? And every single person is different when it comes to that.
1: And you, you map that out for people, right? Like you'll write out meal plans with the percentages of what they should be eating.
2: Absolutely. So I write custom meal plans in each Each day's plan will have multiple meals. So let's just be generic and say you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and one snack. Mm -hmm. So four different meals. Each one of those is going to be broken down into the calories, the carbs, the fat, the protein. And the reason I do it that way is twofold. One, I want you to be consciously aware of where your nutrition is coming from so that you can learn from it. But then secondarily, I want you to use that information to manipulate your own meal plans later. So if you look at a salad and from the left of the, or to the right of the salad, it says, you know, this was 430 calories and there were 36 grams of carbohydrates and four grams of fat and Mm -hmm. 19 grams of protein or whatever that looks like. If tomorrow you don't want to have a salad and you'd much rather have fish and asparagus and sweet potato, you could manipulate those foods to match those macros and those, and that information. So you just said, you just said a big word. (laughs) <laughs> that
1: I think has become a bit of a buzzword, especially in the keto world, macro. Will you break that down for us, what macro nutrition, micro mm-hmm. is? Because I, I, I think – I, I just think not everybody knows, and it's being thrown around a lot. And it's, well, what exactly is that?
2: Yeah. So your macros are your proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and they are not created equally. So carbohydrates are four calories per gram. Proteins are four calories per gram. But fat is nine calories per gram. Okay. And not to throw everybody off, but sugar is seven calories per gram. So, but we usually hide it in the carbohydrate section. Um, so, so like if you had a glass of wine, we'd count it as carbohydrates. Um, Got it. But.
1: We don't have wine
2: here. Yeah, by the we way. have. We have
1: um, cucumber water, which is awesome with mint flavor. <laughs> yeah. Flow makes
2: this and it's alkaline water and it is so refreshing. It's delicious. Yeah, It, says it it's, is not
1: wine though. And yeah. no carbohydrates. Mm-mm. So. Okay, so back <laughs> back to the carbohydrates.
2: So that's your macronutrients. So when people say that they've been counting their macros, they have a certain number that they're trying to hit every day. So as an example, you might have um, 150 carbohydrates, you might have 50 fats, you might have 80 protein. And this is what like your genetic report would tell us this is exactly right Got so it. we can manipulate it in two ways one we look specifically at the percentages of what you should have so what our report looks like it if you should be having say 25 of your calorie 25 percent of your calories from protein we look at that and say okay how many calories in a day are you eating and based on what your output is so how much do you go to the gym mm-hmm. or how much how sedentary is your life um, and then how much weight do you want to lose ultimately, and how fast do you want to lose it? Then I can manipulate that calorie count, but the percentages always stay the same. So let's say that. Got it. Let's say that um, for me personally, I consume about seventeen, hundred and fifty calories a day. I do one to two workouts because that's part of my job and it's also part of my lifestyle. Per day. Per day. That's amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's an obsession. Well, I mean, in a healthy way, um, even if I don't go to the gym, like I still walk my dog. Uh-huh. And when I say workouts, I don't mean like hitting it hard, heavy, you know, intense. Sometimes it's a 30 minute walk with my kids or a mm-hmm. ride in the neighborhood. I don't, I think that's a misconception which we can talk about in a minute, but you do not have to spend an hour to two hours in the gym to get a good workout. You right. just have to be active, but at any rate, so I have seventeen hundred and fifty calories. So let's say that twenty-five percent of my nutrition is coming from protein. I would just manipulate that twenty-five percent of those calories. So I would take those, um, that seventeen hundred and fifty, knowing that four percent or that four calories per gram divided out into the seventeen hundred, and I think it comes out to one hundred and nine grams of protein.
1: Okay. That's amazing that we can get that granular with what your body needs. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's amazing. I mean, that really, I I, I just want to really make the point of how amazing it is to get that specific with your DNA. I mean, that really is. It takes the guessing out of what do you need
2: to be eating. I say that all the time. Yeah, we want to take the guesswork out. Nobody right. wants to say like should I Let's try, try this? this? Yeah, I mean, nobody oh, wants totally. to be on a diet for eight weeks and get nowhere. It just doesn't right. feel good.
1: Right. Now, how do you get the genetic
2: information? So we use a cheek swab, um, which is just a piece of cotton, basically yep. a Q-tip. You read the inside of your cheek with it. We're looking for cheek cells. I um, you send it into a lab and they analyze it. We Ultimately, the um, test kit has four different ones because we have had people come back with incomplete data and mm. we've had to run it again. And um, the other option is if you've already done 23andMe, we've partnered with them so we can actually just utilize pull, their raw data. Mm-hmm. Just pull the data and get it. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's
1: fascinating. And so the other thing besides exactly how much percentage of the macros you should be eating it also tells you what exercises would be best for your body,
2: right? Yeah, absolutely. So we all utilize body fat in a different way. So let's think back to caveman days. We needed body fat for multiple things. We needed to be able to stay warm. Yeah. Um, we lived a somewhat nomadic lifestyle, potentially. We didn't farm, things like that. So having food was a hit or miss kind of thing. You know, we didn't have a lot of it or consistently. So we had to be able to not only stay warm, but we had to be able to store energy, which is what fat is, in in between meals. So let's say that today we caught seven fish, We stumbled across a strawberry patch and ate a bunch of mushrooms. (laughs) So, like, you're feeling pretty good about life. Well, (laughs) tomorrow the stream dries up and the strawberries are no longer in season and we it hasn't rained, so we haven't seen mushrooms in a hot minute. We might have to now walk 10 miles Mm. to find our next watering hole or to find the next opportunity. Um, You might... Spend a day and a half hunting before you actually kill a rabbit, something like that. So, we needed to be able to have that energy. Well, now in the land of plenty, where you can, you know, run to the grocery store and scoop, you know, <laughs> whatever makes your heart happy, um, it's really hateful that we have all of that energy stored up. So, our ability to break down body fat because of where we came from is a lot slower than most of us would want it to be. So, we look at exercise and analyze it in a couple ways. One, we look at how does your body fat how does your body fat break down through cardiovascular exercise, and what that ultimately breaks down into is how quickly does your body go through glucose and glycogen before uh-huh. you get into that fat burning storage. So if you're slow, you're winning at caveman life, right? <laughs> right. But <laughs> but again, in the land of honey. If you're going slow at it, you have to really understand that information so that we know how to train you to get to that fat burning right. quickly.
1: So in the land of people sit at their computer all day for 10 or 12 hours, that doesn't help them.
2: Right, well, so I always say it's not, it's not a report card. Mm-hmm. It's just information. Right. We can use that to manipulate our environment. So let's say that you, you do- You get a
1: stand up desk or something, right. oh, yeah.
2: Yes, yeah. well, so let's say that you're low. What are your options? One, you could do fasted cardio or fasted training in general. Yep. Okay. Because you ate dinner last night, you're gonna probably go 10 to 12 hours before you, from one meal until you get up the next morning and get going. So you're gonna have lower glucose and glycogen in your system, so your body is gonna go straight into fat burning fairly quickly into your workout. Let's say that you don't, you're not a morning person. You have to take kids to school or you just hate mornings, whatever the case <laughs> is. Or you just really love working out at 3 p.m. Like I have clients that like that is their time. That is their jam. So if that's the case, how do you manipulate that? Well, you can do your weight training first. So your body can quickly go into burning glucose and glycogen from weight training. And then once you're there you can automatically start burning into that body fat because you're trying to recover all of that muscle tissue. Well, if you already know that and say you're only going to work out for an hour, doing your weight training first, say 30 to 45 minutes, then you can jump on the treadmill at the end and you can spend all of that time doing your cardio straight in the fat-burning zone. So you're kind of two birds with one stone.
1: That's brilliant to know. I know for myself, having gone to the gym off and on throughout... The years and then doing videos and then picking up yoga like whatever it was the latest thing
2: mm-hmm. I would never know yeah
1: like should I warm up on the treadmill then go do weights like that's what people say to do because mm-hmm. then your muscles are warm or should I just jump into a class or you know do weights or, or sandwich the treadmill before and after weights like you want to make the most of your time, especially right. busy women, and mm-hmm. I mean busy people in general, but especially busy moms yes. who work. Like if you're gonna take that hour out, you want it to to you want to make the most of it. You don't yep. want to do something that's not gonna help you,
2: right? And that's much. actually um, that theory of doing weights and cardio together. Um, that's actually where places like Orange Theory,
1: uh-huh. um,
2: boot camps, um, Camp Gladiator. Even pieces and parts of um, like CrossFit, uh-huh. that's why they help so many people. But not everybody, right? Not everybody. Well, because not everybody needs that lifestyle. Right. And not everybody trains for it. But if that matches what your genetics need, it makes sense why it helps a lot of people. Yeah. Because you can get your weight training and your cardio done in one hour. It's super efficient. Yeah. Um, so you know, classes like that are really great. Your third option is if you have that low, is duration cardio, which is anything from 90 to 120 or greater minutes of doing a steady state cardio. Oh wow, how many times a week do people have to do that if they're in a slow fat burning state? <laughs> um, it kind of depends. So yeah. this is really a great option for my marathon runners, Okay. for my triathletes, um, for my weekend warriors who love to go for a three or four mile hike on the green belt with their dog and their family. Yep. Um, if you're a great gardener and you spend you know Saturday and Sunday out in your garden mowing your lawn yeah. and whatever, Again, you don't have to be at the gym.
1: And you don't have to do it every day necessarily Correct. that Correct. long of cardio.
2: Well, and there's nothing that says you can't mix it up either. There's right. no reason you couldn't lift on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and do duration cardio Saturday, Sunday because you have more time. And or that's
1: y- what you help people figure out based on mm-hmm. their genetics. Like you'll write out a fitness plan too.
2: Exactly. tell them
1: exactly where their body is getting... Getting the most for its workout.
2: Right. Well, and I take into account their lifestyle. Yeah. So I'll talk to somebody and they'll say, you know what? I love to go on a long run on the weekend with my girlfriends, but Tuesdays and Thursdays, I take my children early to school. I work out in the afternoon on those days. Yeah. Um, Monday is always my busiest day. I always take that day off. I never work out on Mondays. Um, Wednesday and Friday, I try to jump in on a a spin class or a boot camp or something first thing in the morning. So I'll take all of that information into account, Mm -hmm. and then we talk about how you eat around it. Yeah. So it's twofold. So, okay, we know how your body likes to train. How can we manipulate the food around that to best utilize that time, not only for energy, but for recovery, and then, of course, for fat loss, if that's what you're after.
1: The genetic test Tell us anything about how your body even responds to weight training. Do some people get a lot out of it? Some don't.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we do look at how um, your body composition changes with strength training. So a couple different things. Like We all know that guy that goes into golds, and he (laughs) lifts, and he walks out a string bean, no matter what he does. Right. And then we also know that guy that walks by, looks at golds, and gains a bicep. So (laughs) you're just like, come on, man. Like, where do I fall into it?
1: That's all genetic. (laughs) I I think people don't realize sometimes you can be doing all the right things, and it just may never happen for you. (laughs) Yes.
2: Well, and I can't even tell you how many times I've had people say, Like, I can eat and eat and eat, and I never gain a pound. By the way, I want to be that person. Those people. (laughs) I know (laughs) know a couple of those people. But on the other side of it, they're also looking at, like, they can't put on muscle tissue or they're not getting the physique that they want out of theirs. So we can look at it and say, okay, I personally have an enhanced ability to utilize strength training for body composition change, and I have a low ability to utilize cardio for fat loss okay so let's talk about the world of I don't have a whole lot of time yeah if I only have 30 minutes I am much better to do 30 minutes of strength training than I am to go for a 30 minute run
1: oh that's so that's really good to know for busy people right yes like yeah if you have 30 minutes get it done what's best for me
3: We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash PsycheTruth. That's patreon.com slash P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I can't tell you how many times that I've had different, just different, you know, ages and stages in my life where I had different weight training partners And I would maybe do three or four or five weight training sessions in a week because, you know, I had friends that I was going with. Yeah. But nobody likes cardio or, you know, I don't particularly. (laughs) And (laughs) I mean, some people are mass runners and that's amazing, but that's just not my jam. Um, But I didn't have anybody that I was doing cardio with, so I was like squeezing some cardio in here and there it was my best physiques always when Interesting. I primarily did weight and now training. now you know why because you yes. probably didn't know
1: your genetics then. No,
2: Mm-mm. you're exactly right.
1: Interesting. So how does, you said different times in your life, how does age play into working out and genetics? And do you take that into account when you're working with someone too?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of my clients are in kind of that middle period of life. So like, you know, 28 to 45-ish. I just hit 40. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> there. birthday! Yes. I'm there. <laughs> yes. And a lot of, and that's really the time when our careers are in full swing. Yeah. Um We are starting families. Yeah. So we're having that crazy influx and deflux um, of hormones. Once mm. you kind of get past that baby stage, there happens to be this stress, overwhelming stress of whether or not you are a stay at home mom, There's stress to that whether or not you're a working mom, there's stress to that. Absolutely. Um, you cannot win ultimately, um, no matter what you choose. <laughs> that is a whole, that could be a whole nother podcast,
1: <laughs> but you're absolutely right. Right. And then you're, and then you're trying to work out too. like, where, where does a mom guilt fall in that? Right. Exactly. You've been out, you've been at the office all day, but you still want to go for a run or yeah, that type of thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've decided in my house to just completely put mom guilt aside. And you have to take care of yourself. Like you have to, you have to do that to be there and to be present for your kids. But making the most of your time makes so much sense. I certainly don't want to spend 30 or 45 minutes doing something that is wasting your time. Yeah. That's not going to tone my body the way I want it to, or, you know, yeah, no, this is, this is brilliant.
2: Yep. So we look at that and then I've noticed, and I've read a little research and you can probably actually um, speak more to this. But at about 35-ish, women are starting to have more and more thyroid issues and imbalances. Yeah. And a lot a of lot that, of I think, is that. environmental. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, please. because.
1: No, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it is some of the toxins mm-hmm. that are in our system, especially fluoride in our water. I think it's finally starting to build up. I think a lot of it could be adrenal stress and adrenal fatigue. We're stressed up here and the thyroid's like, whoa, you can't stay up here in this adrenal fight or flight. We need to slow it down. I think a lot of it can be autoimmunity that's going on, underlying infections. There's a lot of different things, but no, this is, this is interesting to look at. So do you look at if somebody has thyroid issues, diabetes, you know, all of that when you're looking at their genetics for nutrition and exercise?
2: We do not. I would refer them to somebody like you. Okay. Um, And it's usually when they've been to multiple, and you probably feel this way, they've been to multiple doctors and nobody's really pinpointing holistically they're like here take a pill And like, I don't want to take a pill I want to know how I can heal my body right and that's one of the reasons they come to me they like I've tried all of the diets yep I've tried all of the workout plans yep. none of them are working for me so we establish one that's right for their genetics they're still having issues whether it be thyroid hormonal and um, a lot of times gut health yeah and yep. repairing the gut Yep. Huge. And we, we look at that and we actually do run um, a, a panel on some micronutrients, which are your vitamins and minerals, to look at a few of those pieces, like your folate and your vitamin B12. And I know your reports are even more enhanced specifically for gut health. Yeah. So
1: so let me ask you, when you find out if somebody is having an issue with their micronutrients, can you recommend like, okay, you probably need B9 or B12 to get things going?
2: I refer them either to you or to um, – they need to have an immediate blood test because DNA just tells us um, what your tendency is. It may not micro-point out, are you actually deficient right now?
1: Right, because there's so many factors, environmental, what you are eating, if you've been supplementing. Correct. Yeah, and I tell patients that too in our genetic reports. Just because you have the gene, for example – the HLA, DQ, A1, and A2 gene, just because you have the gene to where you could be set up for celiac's disease, you can't break down gluten. If you've been off gluten, doesn't mean you have the disease. Right. Kind of, and we don't necessarily do this as we do nutrigenomics, but just because you have the breast cancer gene doesn't mean you're going to have breast cancer, right? Right. But we know that you're set up most for it, so let's pull away and do the environmental things that can help prevent as much as we can. But yeah, genes aren't necessarily death sentences (laughs) or sentences in general. Like you said, you need to actually look at the levels before you tell people to go on different things. But that all could matter.
2: Right. And I think, and something that you just said I want to touch on is just because your genetics say that your predisposition for something doesn't mean it's happening right now. And the one big thing that a lot of DNA and genetic companies that are out there are missing is that plan is that like setting people up with an actionable plan that fits their lifestyle to make sure that you know right. if you if you are predispositioned for celiac disease and you may or may not have it, it would still be who of you to maybe go on a cleanse and see if when you yeah. reintroduce you know um, gluten, does it affect you? Right, right, um, and that's. Really outside of my scope of practice, it's really more physician level. But that's a little different than how you're looking at genes though, right? So, or is it?
1: So if somebody is slow at burning fat, Mm -hmm. they're not determined to obesity, but they're definitely more prone to it, but then you can put that plan in place. Correct. Yeah, so it doesn't mean you are gonna hold weight but you might have to work out differently to not hold weight. Does Correct. that make sense? yes, exactly, and
2: you're exactly right. So when we look at it in um, even our tests, um, the more the research is coming out, the more enhanced they are. So we're about to come out with a second evolution of the Lean GX, where it actually looks at your predisposition to regaining weight after it's been lost. Oh, wow. And we're also looking at a study right now, and I believe we're incorporating it into a metabolic rate. That's so fascinating because I have so many
1: patients and just people I know that have gained and lost the same 30 pounds their whole life, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that could matter genetically. So once you find out if they are more predispositioned,
2: what can you do to, to prevent? So then we look, at your, we look at your genetic factors and then we look environment. ultimately we're looking environmentally. Yeah. How can I help you set up a lifestyle plan where you're not yo-yoing? Got it. And a lot of times it's those exclusionary diets that they lost 30 pounds for sure. Like Atkins in the 90s. Like I yeah. don't want to hate on anybody that did it or that lives that <laughs> lifestyle. But it was like yeah, people were eating that. They were excluding so many things from their nutrition plan that the day that they looked at a piece of bread or ate a bowl of pasta, they gained all of their weight and then some back. Right.
1: Well, and that is happening with like keto. I mean, for I, sure. again, I hate to say keto is wrong because I've seen great results. I yeah. respond great to, re- mm-hmm. to keto, but I had a patient that was sent your way. She was working with a ketogenic coach and she was doing it with some girlfriends and everybody around her is dropping weight. And she's like, what the heck's going on? I haven't lost anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, the second I went off, I gained
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I hadn't even lost.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: so that goes back to genetics and. And I don't remember exactly what happened, but she came back and said, yeah, nope, keto's not right for me.
2: Yep. And that was – that's something that – this is the reason I am not, oh, you should be paleo. Oh, you should be pescatarian. Oh, you should be whatever. Um, I don't label any of it. Let's look at what your genetics say that how you should be eating, and let's look at your natural lifestyle choices. Right. It's like I naturally just – I prefer chicken and turkey, maybe yeah. a little fish. Like we don't eat a lot of beef. Um, it's not because I don't like a beautiful steak, because I absolutely do. It's just, yeah. just when I'm at the grocery store, that's not always what sounds good. So when I, if I was writing a nutrition plan and somebody said like you're going to eat all of the steak, I'd be like, I don't think that I can. You know, like what it would be fun for like a week. I'd be positive.
1: So I don't, I don't think that Bs have a problem with red meat. I know As do. Like it just, they just don't digest it well. Talking about being hunters and gatherers, have you seen an alignment with, and maybe not, and maybe this is just something to to think about or look at, have you seen an alignment with um, blood type and genetics? Like A's typically, I'm thinking of the blood type diet, Mm -hmm, right, that mm -hmm. came out. Like A's typically do like really well with plant-based proteins and, you know, O's do really well with animal-based protein and high fat, which is what I am and which is where I feel best, like in a paleo, Mm -hmm. keto-ish place. Um, If I were to do all vegetarian, I completely crash to the point where I feel too weak after a couple weeks to work out. Yeah. Like it doesn't work. Have you seen that align with genetics or have you looked at it enough to really compare that?
2: I haven't looked at it enough to compare it, but I will tell you the people that have come to me who are educated on their blood test diet, Mm -hmm. they will generally say that they had chosen that lifestyle based on that. And when we look at their genetics... It generally follows pretty closely to it. Fascinating
1: because you just don't know, right? There's so much out there. You just don't know. I found if if there's, you know, if that really works, I found in practice it to be true too. When people eat more right for their blood type, I see things like allergies and histamine issues lower a lot. So I've wondered if you've seen the same in weight loss and, and performance training and enhancement and things like that.
2: Yeah. When my clients like really look at, especially those who have an enhanced ability to utilize carbohydrates. And I think this is the scariest because our culture for the last 30 years has been like, stay away from carbs. Yeah. But really it's like stay away from processed foods is really what I think people should be saying because a carbohydrate, I mean that, so stay away from broccoli. So that, that statement you just said,
1: could almost sum up the podcast (laughs) (laughs) and could almost sum up probably every podcast I've been a part of with wellness plus television. Stay away from processed foods. Yes. (laughs) Like we know it's killing our gut lining. We know it's affecting our brain chemistry. We know it's causing joint pain. We know it's causing gas and bloating and, you know, stool issues. Right. So stay away from carbohydrates that are processed. Right. But you're right. Broccoli has how many carbs, gram grams of carbs in it I don't know so it's 15
2: grams for about a half one and a half cups but it's also five grams of protein
1: right
3: so
2: thinking about like your vegetables and even your tubulars even oatmeal oatmeal you can have a half of a cup of oatmeal and I think it's 22 or 25 grams of carbohydrates and it's five or six or maybe eight grams of protein so depending on the quality of the oats and whether or not you're doing steel cut or whatever but um yeah, you can get so many – you can get multiple macronutrients out right. of it, and people don't consider that not only as being healthy, but they're like, oh, I can't eat carbs, so I'm just going to eat all of the bacon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then when, I, when I've when i seen people do that, you can only do that for so long until you eat all of the bad carbs, <laughs> right? Yes. Like you have to find a balance or you're going to, yeah, eat protein, eat protein, 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 and then boom – You're sitting there eating an entire birthday cake, or and my question is, is like,
2: how do these people go to the bathroom? (laughs) I'm like, you have to have some roughage to move things along, people. (laughs) That's
1: true, fiber.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) So you mentioned that part of what you do is is train people. Do you physically work out with them? Do you go see them? Do you have distant clients that you kind of just walk through exercises?
2: So most of my clients are online clients. Okay. They live in different states. Um, They maybe just live in different cities in the state that I live in. Um, But a lot of them I train remotely. So whether that is creating their program and we FaceTime through their workouts. Okay. Or I just write their program and then they follow up with me with a 15 or 20-minute conversation once a week. It kind of depends and everybody's needs are different. People that are not as apt to be in the gym, or maybe they're trying at home workouts for the first time, um, and they want just somebody to watch them and make sure that their form is correct and I can mm-hmm. you know, speak to them live, then all of that is done remotely. Okay. Um, I also do in-person training. It's honestly, it's um, very rare anymore. Uh, most of the people that I train in person are super close, um, local in Austin, um, usually clients that I've had in the past, or somebody who reaches out and they really need help understanding how to mm. manipulate and work through the gym. Um, and, then, and then sometimes I work out with friends and um, I don't teach group fitness, which is where most um, coaches will then work out with their um, clients. But um, I do take a lot of group fitness classes because I love <laughs> the family environment of it. Like it makes me happy. So. I think
1: it's motivating, right? And you have videos, though, you can tell. Your clients like you'll write do you know squats uh, this many reps and do lunges and this and you've you've put it all in video for people to see their form and
2: correct yes yeah. so we put together Um. there's multiple videos out now but there'll be multiple different workouts so let's say that your shoulder day where we hit shoulders a little bit of chest maybe some triceps I'll walk through every movement every exercise in video form I'll discuss how to you know, handle the weights, where to position yourself, how to oh, broaden your chest, um, depending on, you know, the movement, you know, where you should be flexing, how you should keep your arms tight, or, you know, where to push through your heels if we're in a squat or a deadlift position. So I kind of walk you through verbally the exercise. And then that's just the actual movement. Everybody's prescription, if you will, or my goal for them is different based on their current lifestyle, their injuries, past injuries, um, their ultimate goal. So, and their know, genetics and their genetics. Exactly. Yeah, of what exactly. They need to do. So somebody that has access to say a 24 hour fitness or a big globo mm-hmm. gym, their workouts are going to look very different than somebody who has access to an apartment gym. And that's going to look very different to somebody who works out from home because that's, what's best for their family yep. and none of them are wrong. And they're all easy to manipulate from, you know, to create a program, but then just making sure that as people are going through those workouts, so not only are they going at the right intensity, mm-hmm. but then also that their movements are correct to um, abstain from injury. Got it.
1: No, that's great. It's amazing to me that we can do all this through video yes. and online, right? Gone are the days that you have to go to the gym with somebody right next to you and watch you and Mm -hmm. yeah, or like I said, jump into the class and just guess and wonder if it's the right thing for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Who are your most, who are most of your clients? Are they people looking more for weight loss? Are they people for performance enhancement? Do you still train people for competitions, things like that?
2: So I would say 90% of my clients are for weight loss. Okay. And I would say most, I would say even like 80% of that 90% are people that feel like they've tried everything and they're tired of wasting their time. Yeah. And so they're like, you know, I've done all the things like I can't lose my baby weight. I can't, I've been, you know, yo-yoing, as you said, the same 30 pounds for the last 20 years. Like what can I, what is right? Ultimately, like I'm for I'm, you. Yeah, I'm tired of guessing. What is what is right for my body? Because yeah. I don't I don't want to try Ann's and Joe's and Frank's and Susie's <laughs> programs anymore. Like I just want to know what's right for me. Brilliant. So that um, I do still randomly coach um, competition, but it's very few and far between. Um, bodybuilding, although absolutely a passion, and I loved it as a. Um, I guess it, it it was kind of something that got me out of rough spots in my life. So it was mm. really much um, my motivation and my ability to concentrate on myself in a very healthy way, very self-centered. And I liked it and it was my hobby. But um, true athletes, like I have a couple that do um, different styles of triathlons. So I have one guy that does Ironman. Um, I have one guy that does... Something similar to Ironman, but it's all um, on heavy terrain, so mountain biking as oh, opposed wow. to road biking. But so I have, you know, I do have some professional athletes that you know train and they train for financial success from their programming.
1: So what what kind of edge they have by knowing their genetics and knowing what foods are best to put into their body, when, how much, and what exercises to do, when, where, how much. So, I mean, that's almost, is it almost like cheating?
2: I mean, <laughs> like cheating I mean we're not blood doping. Like, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> we just know, like, are you, so the, co- so what we've primarily been talking about is Lean GX, which is really about burning body fat. But we have another program called Elite GX, and it really is about athletic performance. So we look at what is um, your muscle fibers. Are you fast twitch or slow mm. twitch, which really then breaks down into, are you more of a power or an endurance athlete? Right. And the difference between the two is we release a hormone that slows down our muscles mm. essentially. So when if you're an endurance athlete and you're a type 2 fast muscle twitch, which means you're a power athlete, you're going to start you're going to start feeling that burn a lot faster. And so you would not be designed to run a marathon. Correct. But let's say that you love it. Mm. And I have power athletes that do duration sports. So ultimately, we take that because none of this is a report card, right? It doesn't mean you have to do this for the rest. You know, this is how you have to live your life. So if we know that you want to do an Ironman and you're a power athlete, we just train you differently because – eventually that hormone is going to release and you're going to start slowing down, right? You're going to start Mm. feeling that pain. But what if we can take it, instead of you feeling it at mile eight, what if we can stretch it and you don't start feeling it until mile 17?
1: Yeah, then you can complete.
2: You know, and so like if you can take that information, let's say that you are, you play a power sport. So really quick, fast, which maybe you're a soccer player, or maybe you um, really wanting to get into powerlifting, but you're an endurance athlete. Mm. How do we train your muscles so that we can get a faster twitch out of you, like ultimately Mm. long term? So we just take, and again, it's all just information. So we take that information and then adjust your training. So let's say that you're a college or a high school athlete and you're, you're, let's say that you're a high school athlete and you want to play soccer in college or potentially go pro. What do we need to do? based on your genetics so that we know how to train you to keep you from injury. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have um, higher risk of injury due to your genetics. What does that actually mean? How do we take care of your bones? How do we take care of your ligaments? How do we take care of your tendons based on your genetics so that we can keep you from injuring yourself? What if you have naturally higher systemic inflammation? Well, how do we feed your body to reduce your inflammation because ultimately, an inflamed body is going to move slower. You're going to have a harder time recovering. I mean, yep. um, even just mental acuity-wise, like you're going to have a harder time concentrating in school. Totally. So how can we take that information and make sure that we're not only supporting you as an athlete, but supporting you as a student-athlete and supporting you mentally and physically, making sure you're getting enough sleep? And we talk about all of that.
1: This test should be run for college, high school athletes, for everybody. This totally... I imagine even pros could benefit from. Absolutely. And and I think think the – we call it nutrigenomics, nutrition, genetics, and so nutrigenomics. I think this field of of nutrigenomics is so new Mm -hmm. that I bet colleges haven't even thought about bringing somebody in and looking at all of their college students of, yeah, you could be eating wrong, not bad. Mm -hmm. Right. But just wrong for you. And, yeah, so that could totally – continue to cause inflammation, which could cause injury, which poor recovery time, which could shorten your athletic career.
2: Correct. Absolutely. This is,
1: this is like really brilliant stuff to, yeah, I don't know why every athlete isn't doing this.
3: The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv.
2: It was actually, this particular test, Elite GX, was the one that spoke the most to me as, I mean, I've been an athlete my entire life. I did gymnastics and swimming, and I ran track and cross country. And I know those are all individual sports, but they're, they were still like very hard on my body. And knowing yeah. if I knew then that I was a power athlete, I would have been a lot more pointed towards making sure that, you know, my vault was stronger. I would have made sure that my back yeah. backhand stre- – like I would have spent more time – Strengthening. Strengthening and weight training at a younger age. Um, running okay. cross-country wouldn't have really benefited me other than just the fact that I did it for friends. But then knowing that I should have been doing more um, – more hit training in my – Cross country training, I actually probably would have gotten faster.
1: Yeah, which doesn't really make sense, right? Mm-hmm. If you didn't know that about yourself, I feel like I should test my four year old daughter. And this sounds crazy, but <laughs> I just signed her up for gymnastics. We're doing yeah. our first class tomorrow, and yeah, I wonder what's right for her, right? And then as a parent, knowing this, I wonder if we could help steer our child in the right direction because kids right. try everything most, sure. most of the time, mm-hmm. right? And Sometimes are really good at something like, you know, you just, they try everything until they get a hit, <laughs> until right. they realize I'm really good or I really love it. Yep. But you could absolutely, and not that I would ever be that kind of parent that like, you know, you have to be good at baseball or whatever. Right. Yeah. But you could definitely say, wow, you know, I realize her genetics are good for, you know, soccer or whatever, softball mm-hmm. or volleyball. Mm-hmm. Let me... Let's guide her and direct her into that versus setting her up for failure for cross-country running that she may never be good at. And then, I don't know, doesn't feel good about herself because she's not good or just gets injured. Right. Yeah. No, this is really good information. I'm so glad we're talking about this because people need to know this is even something you can Accessible for. Yeah. Yeah. And so how affordable or unaffordable is the testing? Because I know in our world of doing testing for methylation and for, you know, all kinds of are you more susceptible to infections? Just five years ago, genetic testing was thousands, like mm-hmm. three to four thousand dollars for one or two MTHFR genes. It's come way, way down that we can yes. do a full panel for under a thousand, mm-hmm. like a full panel of fifty-five different genes that we can definitely look at and say these are the diseases you're most susceptible to. Let's change. Let's make some changes now. So yeah, what you know, just give us kind of ballpark.
2: Yeah. Each of our reports, if you do one individually, is 400 bucks. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's amazing. And,
2: yeah, we go over everything. I think the most enhanced one, I think, looks at 72 genetics. I think the least is 38 or 41, something like that. So, yeah, we look at a lot. We look at a lot.
1: I mean, that is so reasonable that this is at everybody's fingertips. Yes. And, And having somebody like yourself guide and walk you through this I mean we think that we could do this on our own, right? Like we think we could get on 23 and me and look at their and I hate to keep calling them out, but to look at their like recommendations, but but you really have to be trained in what you're looking for to set something like like this up, I feel.
2: And know that their recommendations are general. Right. They're not specific to you. So if you if they tell, talk to you about your ability to utilize protein they're going to talk to you probably about a couple of plant-based, but primarily animal-based proteins. They're not going to give you a full understanding of how to pair your plant proteins so that you're getting all of your branched-chain amino acids. Making mm-hmm. sure that we're getting, like, we're really pairing food for optimal health and optimal protein absorption. Because unlike animal proteins, plant proteins don't carry all of the pieces of vital protein that you need in order to digest them completely. And so that's one of the problems that say that again. So, okay. So amino acids is Uh the breakdown of protein. We need a set panel. They call them branched chain amino acids. We do not make those ourselves in our bodies. So we have to ingest them. Well, not all plants have all pieces of protein. So we talked about broccoli. Mm -hmm. Well, broccoli doesn't have all of the branched chain amino acids. So you need to pair the broccoli with another plant in order to get to get the entire um, piece of it. So I think the that's important. I think for people to know that.
1: Yeah. Because that amino acids help build muscle. Correct. I mean, there's so they help with brain function. There's so many Mm -hmm. things that they heal the gut lining that you need amino acids for. Yes. And I think a lot of people who don't eat meat supplement a lot with amino acids oftentimes or mm-hmm. pair, you, have to, you have to know and learn to pair with the right foods.
2: Right. I think the most common and probably the most worldwide pairing of two plant-based foods is rice and beans. Okay. They are a perfect complement to each other that provides and completes a protein. So that's – if you look at pretty much all cultures – They will have some variation of that in it. If you look at the Latin culture, they do a lot of rice and beans. And I know some of it comes from Asian influence from back in the 1800s and 1700s, but it's sustained because of two things. One, it does complete your protein, and two, it's cheap.
1: Right, right. And you can,
2: you know, for a poor farming family, you can eat a lot of rice and beans.
1: Yeah. The first thing I thought of when you said rice and beans in other countries was when I've done mission trips in Haiti and every medical mission trips and every meal was basically rice and beans mm-hmm. and yeah that's why yeah and so it's it's sustainable it's yeah cheap interesting
0: mm-hmm. interesting
1: so no that's important to know about the amino acids especially people who are trying to work out and maybe they're not feeding their body
2: properly right and yeah. to get back to the athletic performance piece of it because um, we kind of derailed off of that <laughs> Um, making sure that we're getting enough of that protein into our athletes to make sure that they're rebuilding and reconstructing to prevent injury, to make sure that they're building their muscles correctly. Um, especially our, whether you're a strength or an end- endurance athlete, are you trying to build shorter, fast muscles? Or are you trying to elongate your muscles so that you can go a further distance? Right. And just knowing how to feed your body. According to that, based on your genetics, based on what it says, for your food and based on what it says for your type 1 or type 2 muscle twitch. Really important. Love it. I think that's so important.
1: Okay, so you've talked about that you do a test for um, weight loss called Lean GX, and you said the other one for performance enhancement is called Elite GX. What other testing and what do they tell us that you offer as a coach?
2: Yeah, so we do two other reports. Um, one is Energy GX, mm. and that one really speaks to healthy aging. So creating a lifestyle that really gives you more energy. We look at things like, you know, what is your body's look Um, as far as healthy aging. So your skin sensitivity to the sun. We look at facial aging. We look at skin glycation, which is like how quickly your skin recovers. Yeah. We look at um, stretch marks. What is the likelihood that you're going to get stretch marks and or have an issue healing with scar tissue? Oh, wow. Yeah. So we can really analyze how your body is going to respond and then we can create Again, this is all about creating a plan, creating an Mm -hmm. actionable plan. So if we know that you're more likely to burn in the sun, which you kind of probably already know, how do, what do we do? You know, like, let's make sure you're using enough sunblock. Let's make sure you have a a hat on. If you're more susceptible to, let's say, um, stretch marks, And you're about to get pregnant for your first time, okay, that's super valuable information. (laughs) Yes, it is. So okay, so like what do we need to be doing, like cocoa butter wise on your belly, you know, making sure that we're keeping you hydrated and making sure that we're feeding you well and really keeping that your skin supple, keeping your weight under control. Mm Weight. I mean
1: I'm not saying women shouldn't gain weight during pregnancy. That's not at all. Right. But trying to keep it as minimal because you are going to get more stretch marks according to your genetics versus somebody who, and I've seen them, I have friends, they've gained 70 pounds and not one stretch mark. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Right. I mean. So I thought
1: that's good information.
2: Yeah. And I've seen people that um, even just from growth, you know, like through high school and college, that they got nasty stretch marks like underneath their arms or on the inside of their legs Some of them went away, and some of them, they just have those kind of forever. So if you know that.
1: This is like an anti-aging panel almost. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. We call it healthy aging because it can't (laughs) stop you from aging. But, yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And if you think about it skin and face-wise, how much money um, do we spend on face care? Oh, yeah. Lotions and hydration and masks. Oh, my gosh. Yes.
1: Yeah, facials. <laughs> yes. I mean,
2: all the things. Never mind all of the, the plucking and the twisting and, the, and the, <laughs> the, the waxing. But we always are trying to keep our skin looking as young and supple as possible. Absolutely. So if we know how to treat it genetically. Yes. Like, if you don't have an issue with, say, stretch marks or scarring, that might not be something that you really think about. But if you have a really big issue with skin glycation… Okay, let's feed you accordingly. Let's make right. sure that we're taking care of your body. And um, one of the big things with skin glycation, and this is a big issue for people who live in Texas and love barbecue, is that actually enhances your fu- the functionality of your skin, like losing its glycation.
1: Like, what do you mean? So like cooking
2: over so, an so over barbecue. So. Barbecue has a tendency to caramelize. Yeah. Like the actual sauces. Yeah. Caramelizing that food actually ages your skin faster. Wow. You know how to go against that or how to kind of work with it? Eat more blueberries. Okay. Um, drink more green tea. Okay. Ideally, stay away from all of the barbecue. But I'm not saying yeah. don't ever eat but, it. But again,
1: we're in Texas.
2: Right. So I'm so. like, again, I'm not saying <laughs> don't eat it ever. I'm just saying counter counteract it. Yeah. Let's work. Yeah. yeah. Let's work together with your body, knowing that you have a slight or higher issue with it. Also, I um, thought you
1: were gonna say like I don't know, <laughs> standing over the smoker, which I think can also not be
2: <laughs> all probably not the best awesome, thing, right? Yeah. I
1: think it can let off some toxins. But got it. But actually, the caramelization of wow, of mm-hmm. the meat can uh, age your skin.
2: Yep. And they actually wow. even talk about how um, any kind, of, so, and even not just in barbecue, but even any kind of like burnt foods, yeah. like some people like mm-hmm. a good burnt steak or a good burnt whatever, good burnt burger, Um, those are actually counterintuitive to what you want to do for your skin. And we don't think about it because we always think about when you're ingesting food for gut health. Right. Not for how radiant your skin looks. Right.
1: We say in functional medicine, your skin is a is a is basically a mirror image of the inner gut lining. So if you have a lot of skin breakouts, especially like eczema or psoriasis, we know there's some leaky gut or, or gut yeah. lining inflammation. They're
2: parallel. Yeah, I and so, yeah. I can please do that. something else. And on that same mark is I've noticed that a lot of times when I'll put people on a nutrition that fits their lifestyle better which generally includes excluding a lot of processed foods. Yeah. They stop breaking out. Totally. Well, the skin is
1: the fast quickest fastest way for your body to get rid of toxins. It doesn't have to go through the GI tract. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to go through the urinary tract. You know, it doesn't go through any of our detox systems. It just purges out through through the lymph and through through our skin. So yeah, it's the quickest fastest way for your body to say, "Oh, what is this stuff? Get it out."
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I've had friends that had I mean, even as adults have just nasty breakouts and they would clean up their diet Totally. and it would be amazing. Like I had a girlfriend that, um, I don't know if she was just following another girlfriend, but she ended up doing a juice cleanse for, I think it was seven days. I'd never seen her skin look more beautiful. Yeah. And she was eating some lean fishes and things like that in that mix. But her diet was so clean that I'd never seen her without a pimple before. Wow. And then all of a sudden she just had like beautiful porcelain skin. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this, there's something to that.
1: You think about little babies or little kids that haven't been on the earth long enough to become toxic, right? Like their skin is, you just don't have those, you yeah, have bumps and no, that's really good information.
2: Yeah. We also look at um, kind of the feel of your body. So are you more likely to exercise? Are mm. you more likely to indulge in sugar? -hmm. Are you more likely to um, have impulse control issues? Like, you're, you know, you're more likely to smoke, or you're more likely to have our genetics can tell us that. Our genetics can tell us that exactly. I believe that. It's so funny because there's a lot of people that I'll go and like, well, you're not likely to, you know, overindulge in sweets, but you would more likely have a salt affinity, and they're like, yeah, for sure, I will eat all of the chips and queso. (laughs) You can have all the chocolate. You know, and so it's, it's interesting how that plays into our genetic being that it's like, I don't care about sweets and chocolate, but I love a good, you know, salty snacks crackers and cheese, things like that. Interesting. And yeah, completely genetic. And then we also look at, um, in that report, um, mental acuity, Mm. um, how long are you going to be able to stay focused? What can we do to keep your brain active and healthy? One of the things that they talk a lot about is making sure that even as you're aging, you're exercising your brain. Mm, So just as important it is to exercise your body, making sure that we're exercising your brain. So what does that look like? There's a reason that bridge is so huge Oh, wow. In our, for our grandparents' ages, it's because you have to think in three different ways all of the time during the game. So it exercises their brains in a fun way.
1: I love that. The other thing is um, Sudoku, that numbers yes. game people will do. And I think that's a, a lot of people who say when they once they retire, everything has gone downhill kind of thing, whatever their industry mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. because they're not thinking and they're not using their brain. So much, so that's really good to know. And so the genetics can tell us more if if that happens quicker for you. Correct. Or, so you yeah, need if to you're do, more likely, mm-hmm. exactly. So you need to do more to exercise your brain.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. And you can look into it as I mean, it doesn't even have to be anything hard. It can honestly just be reading trashy novels. Right. <laughs> right. Like reading. I mean, just reading in general something is something that great. makes your
1: body, your brain think. Not yeah. not watching television because you don't have to process right Correct. the same way as reading.
2: Which yeah. I think un, it's kind of sad that the newspaper is no longer a thing. Think about no. how many grandparents, my grandparents for sure, when I got up in the morning and I would be staying at my grandparents' house, my grandfather would be sitting at the kitchen table reading the newspaper. Yeah. That was part of his exercise for his brain, although he was just obviously looking for the news for the day. Or, That's all you know, fed was, to
1: us now just through
3: mm-hmm.
2: television
1: and social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to actually read. There is something about brain activity and connectivity and – yeah, about reading it yes. that I think keeps your brain sharp. You're working your left side of your brain.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that's something that we look at. Um, we look at early hearing loss, which I like to tease that, you know, you can start telling your wife now that <laughs> you can't hear her. You can start your selective hearing. Um, but then we also look at, you know, lactose intolerance. Mm. You know, what is your likelihood of that? Honestly, though, at this stage, age and stage of our life most of us know if we are lactose intolerant right but if you've just kind of had an affinity to stay away from lactose it doesn't necessarily mean that you're intolerant but if you are more likely keeping that kind of as a trend in your life would be good instead Mm -hmm. of maybe reincorporating cheese or reincorporating um, yogurts or something like that gotcha so we look at that and that's kind of a broad look of the healthy aging. Um, But then we also have Thrive GX, which is just strictly all your vitamins and mineral panel. So Mm. we look at everything from your vitamin A, your B9, which is your folate, your B12, B6. Um, We look at your vitamin C and D. Um, We look at calcium, magnesium. And this is how
1: well you make it or how well you convert it or both?
2: So um, our tendency is how we break down food into those vitamin and minerals and pass it it through the cellular wall. Okay. So there's a couple cool things to know about that. So for one, and you can um, speak to this also, if you have a low ability to break down foods, which are primarily animal proteins into vitamin B12 Mm -hmm. and pass them through the cellular wall, there could be two issues. One, it could be that that's the problem. But secondarily, it could also be your B9, which is your folate, mm-hmm. because your folate is your transport system for your B12. And so a lot of us, the MTHFR um, genetic SNP is one that is really being focused on right now for gut health yeah. because of its utilization with your vitamin B12. Yes, And so making sure that we have a good balance. And also when people find out that they're deficient in B12, you don't just take... B12, you would take a chelated folate along with it for better absorption.
1: In a methylated form, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Exactly. No, that's
1: really good information for people to know just in general.
2: Yep. And then we look at iron. So people who have spoken about being anemic, um, maybe just even just at certain times in their life, ladies during their cycles or during uh-huh. pregnancy, um, if you have an enhanced ability to absorb iron from food, but you're, but you're anemic, what does that mean? Well, it could be mm. a couple things. One, maybe you're not eating enough iron rich foods
0: mm-hmm.
2: or you're eating iron rich foods with calcium rich foods and calcium and iron on the cellular level, calcium gets the right away, So it's going to actually eat. block the iron or maybe you're having an issue with beta carotene or vitamin A which is the transport system for iron. Mm -hmm. So you can look at those in three different ways and really understand on a cellular level based on your genetics why you're deficient in certain things. You might not need to take a supplement or you might not need to take a supplement long term Right. Like you might just need it for a little while until we adjust your nutrition according to what your body needs. And then eventually, and I know this is with your practice as well, ultimately our goal is to get people on whole real foods yeah. so they can heal their body from the inside. Right. And so if we know where you're deficient and we can kind of manipulate and break down your natural current nutrition and see what your body needs more of or less of, mm-hmm. or maybe at different times of the day. Mm-hmm. Then we can feed you better so that you have a healthier internal gut. You have better absorption of vitamins and minerals. Ultimately, the goal would be then to then analyze that information based on your lifestyle and say, okay, you have a really low utilization of calcium or a tendency to absorb calcium. What does that mean? What does it mean for your vitamin D3? You know, looking at all of those pieces. And
1: what does that mean for your future as far as osteoporosis? Mm Mm-hmm or, you know, those types of things, or getting pregnant, right? The baby takes our calcium to build bone. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's all, it's all so fascinating. We can look at this and I love it. I love this geeking out at this Yeah, stuff. <laughs> me For too, sure. me too. It's just amazing that you can look that granular at your body and know what to do. And we say the same thing in practice. If we just take away what you have excess of, what, what you have too much of, mm-hmm. and give what you don't have enough, and you allow that, to happen, that balance to happen, the body can heal itself.
2: Yep. Yep. I do believe that. Yep. I agree. And I think that's one of the things that when people just say, oh, just take a multivitamin or, oh, just take these supplements. And there are genetic tests out there right now that are specifically designed to sell supplements. Right. Sure. Um, And I had a client just recently who sent me her initial genetic profile from one company and I was reading through it and I'm like, did they review this with you? And she said, yeah. And I was like how did you feel? And she said, overwhelmed and confused. And I was like, yeah. And of all the information, what did they tell you? Oh, I need to take these seven supplements. And I said, are you actually deficient in any of those vitamins? Mm. Oh, I don't know.
1: She just has the predisposition to be, correct. we need to actually test it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In our practice too, we say blood work, Saliva testing, hormone testing, brain chemistry testing, we do all that. That t- that tells us what's out of balance. Mm-hmm. The genetics can tell us why. Exactly. So we still need That's to beautiful. know yeah. what's out of balance, mm-hmm. and we need to know why. Because mm-hmm. we can correct, pivot, change for the future when we know the why. Yes. But the what matters in that moment because we're dynamic. We're always changing, mm-hmm. right? Especially... You could be anemic when you're having a heavy psych- menstrual cycle, but you're not going to be anemic your whole life. Like you said, you may not need a supplement or you may for a part of your life. Yeah. So that, no, that's, that's absolutely true.
2: Yeah. Or if you're an omnivore, you'd be like, maybe have, you know, yeah. an extra serving of beef during your cycle. Yeah. And eat it with some sweet potato, which are high in beta carotene. There you go. So, <laughs>
1: and that's the kind of stuff you tell us.
2: Yes, exactly. That's Love exactly it. how I do it. Yep. Love it.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming out of your busy day with your boys and your practice and spending time with us and sharing all this amazing information. If someone wanted to get this testing or somebody wanted to work with you, how do they contact you? Because you can work with anybody they don't have to be local.
2: Correct. So you can either email me at Katie, which is K-A-T-I at mybodygx.com, or you can just go straight onto the website, mybodygx.com and take a look at the different reports and different tests. Um, If you want to set up a um, phone call, um, you can set it up straight through the website. Or if you just want to follow me on Instagram and just watch my recipes and the workouts and just get some great information, um, my Instagram is at mybodygx.
1: What was it you just posted? Was it um, spring rolls or Thai?
2: I did a Thai salad, which was amazing. It was a, a Thai watermelon. So That's we used, what it was yeah Thai um, noodles or rice noodles. So our family yep. is mostly grain free because my mom is um, gluten intolerant. She's not not she doesn't have celiac, but it uh-huh. causes inflammation for her. So we do a lot of rice type things. So, but it was um, cucumber, onion, watermelon, and then. Um, It was mixed with fish sauce and something else. I can't remember. But you toss that and chilled it after you'd cooked the noodles. So the noodles and all of that part of the salad was chilled. And then you grill your steak. And if you're not a steak person, you could have absolutely done chicken. You could have done shrimp or you could have done tofu. And then lay that, I fanned it, I laid it across (laughs) (laughs) because I wanted a pretty picture. Um, And then top it off with cilantro. It was so refreshing and so bright in color.
1: It was so good. Well, there you go. If you want to learn about beautiful food, follow her Instagram. Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. And
1: thank you for watching the Wellness Plus television. We'll talk to you next time.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, one more time, please, if you can, go ahead and leave us a review on wherever you're listening to this podcast just so we can see how we're doing. And it really helps us a lot. So thank you again for tuning in, and we will see you next time.
3: The Wellness Plus Podcast. Copyright 2018. Target Public Media, LLC. All rights reserved.